Stories from a Hard Place is an anthology podcast. Every Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another story from a hard place, read by the author. Stories of loneliness and betrayal, of false hope and shattered dreams, of gifts and regrets, of love and accidental kindness. Each story follows a separate path that leads to the realization that sometimes the only solution is a lead pill. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Episode 35, Adding It Up. This is part one of a two-part telling. Simon wasn't happy. He hadn't been happy for a while, if ever. He was a list maker, and the list he had made of all the things that made him happy was short, very short. In truth, nothing really made him happy except his lists and perfect numbers. Happy wasn't the right word. Less unhappy would be more accurate. Simon was a middle school math teacher. His awkward, somewhat shy nature did not interfere with his teaching. And he was an excellent teacher. He made lists of everything he could, even attempting to make a list of his lists. Some people collected stamps or coins. Simon had tried these, and found making lists of the coins or stamps and counting them far more satisfying than the collection itself. Simon dreamt of two things, the two things that would make him less unhappy. The first was a perfect number that no one else had. The second was a list he could compile, a list that would be his and only his, A list that had never existed before and probably never exist again. He just didn't know what the list or that number might be. Late on a Tuesday night at a truck stop just outside of town, he found a glimmer of what his list might be. He was sitting having coffee. It was late, or rather, it was early. He went for drives when sleep eluded him, which it did most nights. Never deciding where he would go, he would just follow whatever whim presented itself to his mind. Often the following day he would not remember where he'd driven or for how long. That night he had driven for several hours when his gas gauge showed he was low. He pulled into an all-night truck stop to fill up. He rolled up to the pumps and stopped. There was no one else filling up. He got out of his car and looked around. The night was clear, stars overhead, and the highway was almost empty only the occasional rig breaking the darkness. He stood, hand on the filler nozzle, and looked down at the ground. A cab over semi pulled off the highway into the parking lot. After it hissed to a stop, a man stepped down. Simon watched him crunch across the gravel parking lot to the old-style diner with a large window and diner written in large letters above it. Simon could see the man as he sat on the stools and spoke to the waitress. The nozzle clicked. Simon replaced it and closed his filler cap, still looking at the activity in the diner. After a minute, the waitress left and returned with something she placed in front of the trucker. Simon couldn't tell what it was from the distance. Back in his car, he watched the diner. He had bought this piece of shit from Carson Ford a few months back and had hated the car right from day one. One headlight had burnt out a week after he'd brought it home. He could not complain, not that he would have the courage to, Johnny Carson had died in an animal attack. The attack was still on the news and the talk of the town. Nine dead bodies and two others missing. 
It had been a good day for numbers, but now the dealership was closed. Simon was stuck with his personal POS. He looked at the trucker talking to the waitress, and without deciding to, he drove up to the front of the diner and parked. He got out of his POS and went into the brightly lit greasy spoon. The waitress looked up and smiled, gesturing around the room with a sit-anywhere sweep of her arm. The trucker had a coffee and a slice of pie in front of him. Simon wondered what kind of pie it was. Through the pass-through, Simon saw a thin, gray-skinned man with a ball cap and a stained apron squinting over a steaming flat top. Simon walked past the trucker to a booth at the very end of the room, near the window, and slid in. The waitress was beside him in a second. Coffee? she said with a practiced smile. She was carrying a full glass pot. Sure, yes. Um, what kind of pie do you have? He looked up and attempted a friendly smile. He was only half successful. After a pause, she looked back at the counter where the glass case held the rotating glass display with slices on plates. She already knew what was there, but it was a gesture she did out of habit. She looked back at Simon and said, Well, we have apple, cherry, and fresh rhubarb and apple. That's the best. Then that's what I'll have. Sounds delicious. Thanks. Okay, hun. She flipped over the cup in front of Simon and, with an expert hand, splashed coffee into the cup without spilling a drop, left and returned in a minute with a slice of rhubarb and apple pie. Anything else? She smiled. No, thank you. This is great. Okay, hun. She hustled back to her perch at the end of the counter. Simon took a sip of the coffee. It was good, but very hot. He never liked coffee too hot. He picked up his fork and glanced at the waitress. She had pulled out a paperback and was reading, looking up every so often to see if her two customers needed anything. The waitress was right. The pie was fresh and delicious. Simon had just enjoyed his last bite when two bikers pulled up at the window right beside him, the rumbling making him flinch. Simon watched the two men shut down their bikes and tip them over onto their kickstands. They stood and looked back at the pumps. Simon followed their gaze. Two more bikes were there filling up. The two bikers stood for a minute. After a word, they walked into the door of the diner. As soon as they entered, the air changed. The waitress leapt to her feet, dropping her book, and rushed to walk them to a booth. The trucker dropped some money in the counter and left. Simon watched them, tall and thin, in leather and denim behind the waitress. Each wore a denim vest over his jacket. The waitress sat them in a booth, one over from where Simon sat watching. He heard her talking. Her voice was brighter than he had before. I'm Sherry. What can I get you? She beamed. The biker closest to the window waved to his friends that are still at the pumps. The other smiled at the waitress and said, Just coffee. She smiled back and poured two cups. Two more, the biker who had been waving at his friend, said as he settled into his seat, the leather jacket creaking. Simon sipped his coffee. It was the perfect temperature. Inside, he smiled. Beside him, the other two bikers rolled up and parked. The two men walked into the diner, the first lifting his chin with a quick greeting and walked to the booth. They each glanced at Simon, turning and slid into the booth opposite their friends. They dressed the same. On the back of the vest was a crest. It read, The Jurors, in an arc on the top, and 666 deal on the bottom. Simon had seen the crest before. Everyone in the area had. They were a bike club with a clubhouse west of here. 
They seemed to be more interested in building bikes than anything, although rumors said they were into something else. That something else was never stipulated. Four bikers, four bikes, Simon counted. He chuckled. He felt like the count. The bikers were laughing about something. One turned and looked at Simon. Hey, man, what kind of pie you have? Um, rhubarb and apple, Simon stuttered. Good? Uh, yes, very. Simon sort of smiled. Thanks, the biker said and turned back, raising a finger to the waitress who hurried over, took the order, and returned with a piece of pie. She hesitated, waiting for more orders. She returned to her perch, disappointed, and did not pick up her book, just sat waiting. Simon watched the bikers talking. They seemed to be tired. Maybe they'd been riding for a while. They had that road-weary look. They spoke in low tones, not looking at each other. The laughter, when it came, was subdued. Simon watched them, wondering what it was like to be them, what it was like to live as they did. They were so different from him. Their lives were nothing like his ordered life. He imagined the chaos that was their lives. Freedom, they would call it, outside of society, one percenters. He imagined himself on a bike roaring down the road, no one waiting for them, no job, no boss yelling, no numbers, no lists. He stopped, no lists. Did he really want no lists? How could that be? They had been the driving force of his entire life. He looked at his half-empty coffee, then finished it with a swallow. He looked up as the waitress stopped beside his table. Top her up, she said with a smile as she peered over his shoulder at the bikers. Sure, yes, he said. She turned back. I'm sorry. Yes, okay. She refilled his coffee and walked away, passing slowly by the biker's booth. Simon watched the dark road through the window. It was quiet. No trucks passed, no cars, just the dark. Staring in the window, his focus shifted. He saw his own reflection. A small man, narrow shoulders, scruffy beard, that did not cover his small chin. Weak chin, isn't that what they call it? Weak? Is that what he was? Weak? He was pulled from his thoughts by a loud bike pulling up to the diner. Simon looked out as the rider shut down. The man that stood was tall, like the others, but he was different. He had a long black beard. He was dressed as the others, jeans and a black leather jacket with a denim vest and the same patch on his back, but where they walked with a swagger, he moved as a wolf might, smooth, unhurried. Where they wore bravado in their smiles, his solemn visage radiated calm readiness. He walked in, and the bikers went quiet. Jacob, one of the bikers said, standing. Jacob waved him back down. He glanced at Simon, then back at the bikers. So, he asked. His voice was deep. He looked at the four sitting drinking coffee. How's the pie? His face broke into a smile. It did not touch his eyes. The waitress brought over a chair to the booth. Jacob glanced at the waitress, who shied away from him. He took the chair and sat. The second he walked in, he owned the room. Oh, he touched her hand, then asked the biker with a plate of crumbs. What kind of pie did you have? Before the biker could answer, the waitress blurted, Fresh rhubarb and apple. She bit her lip. Jacob considered the waitress. Then that's what I'll have. And a coffee. He smiled at her, then looked back at the bikers. 
She moved away, quickly returning with a piece of pie. She poured a coffee and left just as quickly. Jacob took a bite of pie and smiled, and took another. He put his fork down and took a sip of coffee. This is good, he said, very good. Jacob looked at the waitress and waved her over. She came, launching herself off the stool to go to his side. You been here a while? Jacob asked. Simon watched the waitress. She looked like a rabbit caught in the headlights of an oncoming truck. She stood blinking at Jacob. Couple of years, she said. Who owns this joint? Jacob lifted the cup of coffee. She looked down at the coffee. You want a refill? Her voice broke. No, darling. What's this place called? He put his coffee down on the table. The scratching post. Her voice was small. Jacob looked at her and smiled. Of course it is. Thank you. The waitress scurried away. Yep, that makes sense, Jacob said as he took another sip of coffee. It's that good. He took another fork of pie and said, Fucking Frank, it's his deal. Simon sipped his coffee, not understanding what the deal was, but loving the coffee. Who are you? Jacob asked, suddenly standing beside Simon's table, coffee in his hand. Simon hadn't noticed him move toward him. Jacob slid in the booth opposite Simon. I'm sorry? Simon stumbled. Don't be sorry. I just want to know who you are, Jacob said. My name's Simon. Simon. Okay, Simon. Why are you here? Jacob took a swallow of coffee. I'm just having a coffee. Yes, I can see that. And it's excellent coffee, but it's very late. And it's not usual for someone like yourself to be out this late. Simon looked into Jacob's eyes. They were gray with a touch of blue ice over a frozen lake. As he looked, something crossed those eyes. He saw something he hadn't seen before. He thought for a second, I can't sleep. That's the worst, ain't it? But it doesn't answer my question, does it? I can't sleep. So I go for drives. It calms me, he said. Jacob nodded. Okay, well, me and my friends here are going to have a little meeting. Kind of need a bit of privacy. Oh, yeah, okay, Simon said, sliding sideways. I'll just pay my bill. I'll get that. It's the least I can do for disturbing your late night feeding. Simon smiled, feeling grateful for no reason. Thank you. They stood awkwardly. Ending up facing each other, Jacob was more than a head taller. Simon shuffled around the much bigger man and walked past the booth of watching bikers. He noticed the waitress and the cook were nowhere to be seen. As Simon stepped into the night air, four more bikes slowed on the highway and pulled into the diner's lot. Simon unlocked his car and climbed in as the bikers pulled up beside him. He waited till they shut down and walked past him, then backed out. Out of the corner of his eye, he watched the new group join the group in the diner with hugs and backslaps. Nine bikers, all with the same patch on their back, the jurors. Driving forward, he turned toward the pump, his one headlight glinting off the chrome of the lined-up bikes. He pulled past the pumps, then he stopped. He could just roll out onto the blacktop and head home and continue his life. Nothing would change, and his diner stop would be forgotten in the morass that was his life.
But what if? He turned the car away from the highway. He made a big circle and stopped beside a large trailer that had been parked as far from the pumps and the diner as a lot would allow. Simon backed up beside it until his car was in its shadow. He shut the car off and sat and waited. From here, he could see the diner's large front window. He could see movement, but not much detail. He sat watching the restaurant. After half an hour, four more bikes rolled in. Thirteen bikers in a diner. A weird Dr. Seuss book. He watched with no actual plan other than to observe and decide what to do when they left. Maybe follow them or something? He woke stiff, but more rested than he had felt for weeks. The sun was up. There was a couple of vehicles parked in front of the diner, but no bikes. He started the car and pulled up to the diner and went in. A different waitress showed him to the same booth he had been in earlier. Twelve people, including the cook and the waitress. He slid into the booth as the waitress poured a coffee he hadn't asked for. She placed a large, plasticized menu in front of him and went to the next booth and refilled their cups. She returned and stood over him, hand on her hip holding a small pad and pen, the other holding the coffee pot in the air. Um, a couple of eggs over easy and bacon. You want toast? Yes, please. He handed her back the menu. She took it and left without another word. He sipped his coffee, still too hot but delicious. He looked around the diner. It was a different room, with people laughing, moving about, and eating. He thought back to the night before and the bikers and their late-night meeting. What was that all about? They seemed to come from different directions. Who are the jurors? Who's Jacob? The waitress brought Simon his breakfast. He ate, thinking about the bikers, until the food broke through his thoughts. My God, this is good, he said between mouthfuls. When he finished, he felt a sense of loss, looking at his empty plate. He glanced at his watch, almost ten. How could it be? He rose, paid his bill, left the diner and headed home. On the way, he stopped at a small corner store to buy his weekly lotto ticket. He always played the same number. It was messy, not clean like you'd prefer, but it was a prime number. And that is the purest number he could find. His number was 790879. It was Saturday, so there was a stack of things he should do. There was always marking to be finished. He shuffled around his apartment, moving from one thing to the next, unable to settle. He felt restless, unfocused, even bored, which was something he never experienced. In the early afternoon, he fell asleep on the couch, holding a pile of papers. The sun was deep in the west when he woke the paper strewn on the carpet beside him. That night, when sleep eluded him, he drove back to the diner. It was approaching 1 a.m. when he pulled into the parking lot and hid his car once more behind the parked trailer. Everything looked as it had the night before. He sat and watched the comings and goings. The cars and trucks that stopped grew fewer and fewer, and by two, almost no one stopped. He watched the night waitress and the cook leave after the replacements arrived. He sat up every time he heard a vehicle on the highway. He waited till the sky in the east lightened. Then he drove up to the diner, parked, and went in for breakfast. The food was just as delicious as it had been the previous morning. He finished and sat back. 
Why was he here? The food was excellent, sure, but why was he here now? He knew the why, but he wasn't sure how to articulate it. It was the bikers. It was what he felt when he looked at them. Years ago, he had been driving in the city. A biker dressed in leather and denim, riding a chopper, drove alongside him. He had a patch on his back. Simon didn't remember what the patch looked like, nor what it said. He remembered how the biker was laying back, his arms high on the handlebars. There was a freedom that he, even then, knew he didn't have. He watched the biker riding along until he turned off. The sight had never left him. He smiled at the memory, the loud exhaust, the tall handlebars. Apes, that's what they're called, apes. An old memory that he had mostly lost returned in small bits. He had been eight or nine, riding down the street on his banana bike with a sissy bar and ape hanger handlebars. Its seat was a rich red with gold metal flake. That bike had been freedom. It was the first time in his life he had stopped counting and just flew. He flew down the road, pedaling as fast as he could. He loved that bike. Inside him, he felt a need to find those bikers and the freedom he had once. He paid and left, determined to return that night and every night until he found them. I hope you've enjoyed Adding It Up Part 1. Tune in next week for the conclusion of Music by Noah Zachron. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2021. If you would like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you'd like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it on Amazon. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up.